I'm not a big Ohio State fan, but like once TCU won, yeah, it was I was all in on Ohio State. Like I just wanted something entirely new, right? Like TCU, yeah, made it. I want a I want a team that like isn't usually there. Mm-hmm. Not Alabama, not Georgia. And uh, oh man, but when they I, I cannot believe that wasn't targeting in the back of the end zone, and then they knocked him out of the game in the third quarter. Yeah, and then they didn't have shit from then on. So out. I'm I'm not a football fan. I wouldn't say like I. I'm not a fan of football. I wouldn't. I would just. It probably breaks your heart, right? I mean, does it? Does it cr- doesn't <laughs> are you saying you're not a fan, or you're not a follower of football? I'm like not, you're saying, I'm are you not, saying you're I'm not, not a really fan? a fan? Okay, so it means you don't like. it. Do you know it. what I heard? This is what ruined it for me. Have I told? I've told you this before, right? I that, don't know. I don't know what you're gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> you will when I tell you. Yeah. So football, I don't. I don't know if I saw like a pod. I don't know if I listened to a podcast or I saw like some sort of analysis on TV, but they essentially broke out. A football game, the length of a football game, which, like, how long do you think the average of a football game is? Three hours and three and a half. Three and a half hours, right? So, oh, this, this the statistic that this, this stood out to me that was within a three hour and 30 minute football game. How much action there actually yeah, was? Actual yeah. played time, it's like 13 minutes. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm talking like snap, balls in play. Balls you know what I'm play, saying? Yeah. yeah, you typically, if you had 30 minutes of possession in a game, you you are going to win because you'd be able to run the clock, right. the amount of plays you would run, statistically speaking, if you had 30 minutes of ball yeah. time. And Cause that's what's so different that's not like sports. actual play, though. That's like, <laughs> that's like you know, the clock running. That doesn't mean you're actually playing, right? Because you're yeah, playing the clock, clock a lot of the time. Too. Yeah, and it, it kind of ruined it for me, to be honest. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. And then I you like know what that, else though. I saw There's the a lot other of strategy day? pre-snap. There's so much strategy pre-snap that I like just the, the, in my the, past life of yeah. you know defense and trying to hide schemes and and drop a safety or or blitz a corner like there's so much yeah. strategy in that. So I like the pre-snap stuff and I always watch the pre-snap stuff. I, I also didn't grow up playing football other than yeah. just you know football in the park with some buddies you know trying yeah. to tackle football. So I didn't grow up playing football. So maybe that was that was probably partly it. But yeah, yeah. When I, mean, I when I saw that statistic, I was just there's like, no yeah. way. There's no way. Anyone can deny the entertainment of the aggression in football. How fucking aggressive the the game is. Yeah, that's very entertaining. Do you know what else I find it entertaining? It's and I guess it's that way with any game. I mean, it's the bottom of the ninth. It's the last two yeah, minute drive, right? Like who's going to show up? Yeah, that last. It, it's like that game that we talked about. I mean, that I thought Georgia was done. I'm like Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I'm like Ohio's got the game in hand. There's no way they lose this game. And you know they come CJ back. CJ Stroud is a stud though too. I did not give him enough credit watching him in that game. That was incredible. Yeah. But Stetson Bennett, dude, talk about a gamer. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad for shit. the. I feel I bad love for the people field like goal that. kicker. I mean that that is what it is. That's what you get in, in college. I know, but it's That's like what you get. for the rest of your life, you're going to be remembered as that guy. You could have went to. Could have went. Could have went. It, I mean, it's really it comes with the territory. It definitely it's really does, shitty. But it's like the the kickers are the only ones who can't ever make a mistake. A quarterback can throw two, three interceptions in a game, but he can save it. Yeah. Out of nowhere, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's fantastic." Yeah. Kickers, I feel so bad for kickers, man. It's literally the one position where there's no leeway. Did like you guys it's follow either this or nothing? Did you and follow the World Cup? No. Oh, I did when I was in Tajikistan. Uh, as soon as we got the U.S. was out, I was out. I was so watching the, over the, there. The English guy, Harry Kane, he's like their their go-to guy, their striker in the World Cup to advance to the next round. Missed. Misses a PK. Ooh. Yeah, to tie up the game that would have put it into overtime that could potentially, you know, they could have won. But, like, he he missed the PK. And I've been watching. They've been, like – because they're, they're currently in regular season right now, the Premier League. And, like, anytime he's on the road now, everybody's chanting, like, national disappointment. Like, oh, gosh. See? That guy has to live with it's that. It's so unfair. Ever. But, but that, that, like, final, what do you call it, match was intense. It was good. That's yeah. what I, 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 I really struggle with, not personally, but watching other people – dehumanize athletes Ugh. like yes they they are a pawn in a scheme that we get to our benefit of entertainment our benefit of sports betting our benefit of fucking fantasy football which i don't know how anybody's into that it's hunting season <laughs> like it's hunting season <laughs> and just to pay attention to, to think you're actually yeah. coaching this team i don't know it's really weird for me um but like man they just dehumanize the shit out of athletes like oh, I feel terrible. Never, for you've I never had a bad day. I like mean, that, you've never made a mistake. I mean, I guarantee you, nobody <laughs> hurts worse than that guy. Like he misses yeah. APK to potentially put on, on the biggest platform in and in that's that sport. The athlete's mindset, like the amount they sacrifice and what they, how hard they have to work to be at that level, like Ugh. everything they deal with, 
you don't think he hurts worse than you? <laughs> like, you think you care more yeah. than he cares? Yeah. Come on. I saw another funny one the other day. Uh, you know, people people hate soccer, d- generally in the U.S., I would say. Because, oh, nobody ever scores a goal, right? Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. But here's the thing. I mean, there's just I, no aggression in the game. <laughs> no aggression. But here's the difference. Hockey doesn't score so, that many goals either, but I, you I, people I are laying each other <laughs> out, and there could be a fight at any second. But, but think about both of those sports. We've just decided that one touchdown is worth six points. I know. Versus yeah, exactly. a goal is one goal. It's I crazy. thought that was pretty funny. But the thing about it is, is like in football, it, it, the score is 7 to 10, mm-hmm. right? Which means there's three. there was three scoring uh, events, right? Three in three and a half hours. But there's so much aggression in between that it like holds your entertainment the entire time. Ag- aggressive guy, aren't like, you? I just, that's the entertainment. <laughs> of, like I love, I love the fighting sports i love he, he loves hockey. that predator prey mentality yes. you know? i love hockey i love football I, I that's this that's what i'm into yeah no i get it it is exciting it's cool it's a cool time of year right awesome. for for football did you what you watch a lot of football then over the break huh a lot <laughs> a lot of football <laughs> the only game i caught was the new year's eve college games yeah great so games. the only two games that watched pretty much all amazing. season are those always on new year's eve mm-hmm. they I are i didn't I, I thought it was like a new thing I didn't realize since, since I the d- college football that. playoffs since the CFP. The, I might I might be wrong on a couple of the years, but the CFP has only been around for a short while, and I'm pretty sure every year has been on New Year's Day. I thought it was cool. Or, like, sorry, New Year's Eve Day. I thought it was cool just because it gave me something that whole new, yeah that whole yeah. New Year's Day. Yeah. That's the only well, reason what's why. Cool I'm is the Eve. NFL the NFL works with them, so NFL switches everything to Saturday. Yeah, and then they get to it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty unique that uh, the ball was dropping right when that kick was being thrown off. I saw, I, I saw those two like <laughs> that. Video. I saw that on ESPN. That's yeah. pretty wild. It's really wild. <laughs> I think I might have to. I wonder what tickets to those games are. I'm sure they're not cheap. Uh oh. That'd be a good way to bring in the new year. Be a great way to bring in the new year. Go to one of those college football playoff games. My cousin. So when my cousin played for Notre Dame, they played Clemson back when uh, Surfer Dude was. I know, I'm terrible with names. Laird? Jaguars quarterback. No, <laughs> did you say surfer? This he looks like. Oh, oh yeah, I know you're talking he about. He looks long like hair. sunshine from. I thought Remember you meant the an Titans. actual surfer. I always I forget everybody. Yeah, no, I'm no, terrible no. with names. Um, it's weird. I know like all of them, but I don't know anyone's names. It's old but, like, age. I can tell you, the, you who they, what position, and all that shit. It's a <laughs> old age for sure. Um, early all set, early onset Alzheimer's. That's, that's what, what I yeah. think it is. Yeah, or I just don't pay enough. Attention. I was just talking to my brother about this the other day. My I'm a surface level. Yeah, pay attention. My memory's definitely not what it was. No, but anyways, he was playing. So Clemson back when they had him, and then the the unbelievable wide receiver number eight. He's in the league now too. But I, we went to the game to watch my cousin play Notre Dame versus mm-hmm. Clemson. They were in the semifinal. They were each playing. That's when Clemson went to the finals and won. Um, but going to that, that's the first college football playoff I had ever been to. Whoa. Cool environment. Highly recommend. <laughs> it is unbelievable. There's nothing – me and my brother-in-law talk about it all the time, my wife's brother. There's nothing like that atmosphere because you have college kids mm-hmm. and, like, the bands and the pageantry and the, yeah. the team spirit of, like, a college in a college town and the, the amount of people that travel. I mean, you got a, you got 60,000-plus people that go to these schools. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much – Maybe that's what I need is like that that environment. Cause oh, I've, it's I've, crazy. I've been to high school games. I've never been to. A, I'm trying to think. Oh, I've been to college. These college games, yeah, these big implication college games. Yeah, are wild. Like, or even the a program with pro- probably the atmosphere. The bands will play back and forth. Yeah, and like they're in their own little competition, and then the student sections are in their competition. It's wild. That's, that's what, what I, that's what I got really into soccer. I really it's love. yes because you have all the the hooligans or whatever well, they're yeah, called when in I lived soccer in, where they well, travel. Yeah, when I lived in England, yeah, you, you know, I had no interest at all in soccer, and yeah. then you go to one of those games, it's especially wild. in a country like England where it's so much a part of their culture. Yeah. you go there and there's just hooligans. Don't they fight so, in the oh, street fight? before the yeah, game? Yeah, they all drink every yeah, every pub on every street. That's how a col- <laughs> that's how a college yeah. football game is. Just I could, like I that. could see that. You experienced it. That's why I love when you know we both both went to school in Montana. Chris Cat. It was awesome. The best at atmosphere you could ever awesome. ask for for, for a football awesome. game did you go to games when you went to school up there yeah i watched a lot of them something some of the games i watched on the mountain climbed up mount sentinel yeah and you could like watch, watch it from way up there your, your btx's i only watched two yeah. games i only watched two games in my four years and it was the cat two of the cat grizz games gotcha can't believe you said cats first and then grizz grizz, grizz cat. come on <laughs> <laughs> c comes before g <laughs> <laughs> So that was, I mean, that's a, a good start to the new year, right? Yeah, it's great. It was well, awesome. be- a better start to new year. 
Because we got Wyoming Elk coming up. We do. Now we're like truly in it, truly in the the game, the gambling game. Yep. 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 I've uh, I've been buried super deep in how many Wyoming elk. This, 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 give people a little description here because it's hard to put in words how long these application strategy articles are when we're on the website because we don't have the page numbers. How many pages trail is your Google Doc that you sent me for yeah. Wyoming elk app strategy? Yeah, so usually when I send... So usually when I write one of those and then I send it to Brady. I love the note at the top you always give me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always try to include a note because I know that he's about to have the most enjoyable next couple of days trying to put this edit. thing. Yeah, <laughs> edit. Yeah, edit and then put it, you know, put it live on the front end. So he's got to add all the hot links. Is that what it's called? Hi- hot link? Yeah. Hyperlink. 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 Oh, shit, hot link uh, sounds good. Hot, that, sounds hot like a, that sounds like a term they probably use in the 90s. Yeah. But yeah. Hot take right hot, now is a big <laughs> thing, so we'll call it a hot link. <laughs> we'll call it a hot link. But yeah, I know that Brady's going to have to hot link every individual unit oh. and any kind of draws or you know any link that's like apply here, anything like that. So yeah, I usually include a note that says like, hey, have fun. I know you're about to be up for 48 hours straight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, ni- 19 pages. 19 pages. Yeah. And speaking of those links, I grabbed one of our old, I think it was a Wyoming app strategy from years prior. And I was like, I just did a quick command F when I was in like the source code trying to see how many actual hyperlinks there were. I think one app strategy had over 350 links Yeah, in that app strategy. So that's how like in-depth these things are to like be able to send you different Man, unit I, profiles. I'll, I've said it before on multiple podcasts, multiple different times. I personally think those are the best gift to Insider for those mm-hmm. application strategies. I, I honestly think... I mean, we live and breathe this shit every single day, but you can't, I mean, you can't stay up on it. This is like, uh, reminds me when I was in college and you'd always get the, you would hope to God that the book you were supposed to read had the, uh, cliff notes, the cliff notes of it. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the website, another old age thing. Can't remember the exact website, but you would pray that there was like the cliff notes version (laughs) where you got the full takeaway, (laughs) but you didn't have to like dive into the book yourself. You're you're Mm -hmm. stressing me out. You're taking me back. I'm Uh, having post-traumatic stress. when When I would go to that that uh the underground college site and the book i'm having to read wasn't mm-hmm. on there it was like panic straight stomach ache you like mm-hmm. couldn't get over it yeah. you know what i mean but that's what this it's what it reminds me of because you don't have to dive into the proclamations and start doing all this bullshit that's really tough to do and mm-hmm. have you ever tried to use wyoming's state website oh God, it's I terrible mean, it's hard for a state to keep up with great all state. Stuff, but it's hard to navigate their state websites and try great to find state, all great people great opportunity and terrible i would actually website. say there's just one of the better to be <laughs> i mean <laughs> might be they're all bad that's to say they're all bad and, yeah, and i would say that wyoming's bad. is a little bit better than some of the others mm-hmm. i mean it's some of them are really rough to find information yeah. that you're looking for but man these i i really do think they're the best value for the this time of year insider yeah. product. Wait, what, what was that quote you told me earlier today? You were like, if you don't read or use any other tool on the website right now and just read this app strategy, you'd be hundred percent golden. Yeah, I was telling you, I, I just did like a, a little a little video, like a commonly asked questions that we get for Wyoming to try to help people a little more easily navigate it. Um, yeah, I, I, pretty much everything that you would need to to know to apply in Wyoming and even pick a, a hunt and unit. Mm-hmm. is within that application strategy article. Yeah, from the general hunts to the limit entry. Yeah, general limit entry. I mean, there's giant tables in here that break down the general season units by percentage of branch antler bull harvested, percentage of harvest, um, you know, bull-to-cow ratios, populations. Um, I get asked a lot, like, oh, where do I find population information? Um, you know, I have to go into individual state, like, job completion reports or whatever, you know, hidden away mm-hmm. little file that they have tucked away to pull out those those populations. But we yeah. incorporate all that into tables. And it's all part of the piece of the puzzle. I mean, you know, when you look at things like trophy potential, harvest success, you know, percentage of branch antler bulls that are harvested, population, that's all a piece of the puzzle yep. to, to help you put together, like, a, a final choice. Mm-hmm. And that's why will. we always say to use every single tool on Insider, and that's why these app strategies to me, though, are – gold mm-hmm. i mean how many when it comes uh, it's gonna be hard to you probably never kept track of it but what do you think hour wise an effort level of effort it took you to put one of those together um it's been a long time since i've written one so <laughs> i can't remember yeah i mean it it's, it, a, we, it's a week's worth of work huh? it, yeah i would say it's a we, it's a solid week at least yeah and then yeah. and then above and beyond that a lot of it is uh you know, like intuition and things that I've learned over the years. So it's like yeah. I'm, I'm also pulling in a base that, yep, maybe a, have a good that maybe a lot of people wouldn't have. Exactly. Like I have a pretty good working understanding of how the allocations are broke down, what that means. 
Um, I have a really good understanding of like what are the premier hunts, what does have the best trophy potential. So a lot of that I'm coming in with, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's, it's a heavy lift. I know, I know that when I roll into like December through May, I'm like full tail. I'm working long days. Yeah. We're, <laughs> this is when we burn the midnight oil yeah. and it's, it's a fun time of year, but yeah. it's also long hours. That's what, uh, that's what I appreciate is that you have all this carryover knowledge. I do not like what I'm focused on day to day is like not in that stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, about having these be such like the cheat sheet of what insider is right so you mm-hmm. bring all that into it and then i get to siphon it off yeah and it's a it's a pretty narrow group of people i would say that, for sure that have that and i don't know how you get it other than just like I, i've been really fortunate that i've worked you know jobs like this where my job is essentially to do this so mm-hmm. instead of working a 40 hour week somewhere else you know putting you know doing tires or oil or whatever um you know this is my job i'm looking at this kind yeah, of stuff day in and day out so yeah. Yeah. And if you're not a current insider, Mm. you guys definitely need to sign up and we got a little promo code for you. Use promo code podcast. When you sign up for insider, you're going to get 50 points back to the Gohan gear shop. So what is that trail? That's 50 bucks back in your wallet to spend on gear this upcoming hunting season. Yep. Everyone loves gear. And again, like we always say, you get access to every single tool on Insider. You don't just get draws. You don't just get filtering 2.0. You don't just get point Or just the application strategies. You get it all. You get it all. All the insider only, but and we have even other articles that are insider only besides for app strategy that are super in depth that we lock down to paid members only because of that juicy stuff that we don't really want to give out for free. It's like the secret stuff mm-hmm. that will really benefit if you read word for word. There's a lot of little hidden gems when you read these articles word for word and pick out some good information. So promo code podcast, sign up for insider right now. Application season's here. Yep. Is that a shameless plug or is that like a I, good plug? I've what would we I don't think it's shameless. That? I don't think it's. <laughs> I mean, it's shameless always plug. Yeah, we live it every day, but we want people to be successful. We want people to put tags right. in their pocket. We want people Couldn't to experience some great adventures, and this is how you start. I mean, here's the deal. Regardless of whether I worked here or not, and even before I worked here, I, you know, I paid for memberships other, you know, other places, yeah. any, any anywhere I could find to get the information that I needed. I, I did, I paid for it. Right. Yep, yep. And I did it because it's important to me. And then also like, I don't, what's your time worth? Like, I don't, where I'm at. I don't know that many people that have got 40 hours, 80 hours to really sit down and like build out a complete spreadsheet for themselves to it's like do all the research themselves. Especially when you're doing multiple States. Oh, like that's where the biggest time suck comes yeah. in mm-hmm. multiple States and trying to do it. You do it the best of your ability. It's like really hard to actually make a plan back in the day. Yeah. And I always say too, like there was times when, you know, you lived in Montana too. Like I would hunt, I hunted in some of the shittiest places possible oh, because God. that's all I knew. That's, uh, it was always just, oh, I'm going to go out my back door and hunt. There was so many other places I could have went yeah, with way hunt. better animals, yep. way better access, way better country that I would have yes. been a much more lethal hunter, but I was just stuck it, in my ways. If we knew now, if oh. I was a college student in Montana now <laughs> yeah, and, had, with, with, and I wasn't, go hunt was separate of, of us. And I was just a student that could use it. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I would say too is that, that would have been awesome. <laughs> everything's shit. in one place. Yeah. Like we have maps now, right? Yep. We've got online, you know, web, you know, you can pull up your computer, pull it up on your laptop as part of your insider account. You can also use it on your phone as an app. I didn't realize until the last couple of years how much I'm actually using maps even this time of year in my application process. And I think it becomes really important in a state like Wyoming where you've got some silly, uh, stupid, I'll call it stupid. It's a stupid rule where a non-resident can't hunt a designated wilderness area without a guide or a resident to go with them. Mm -hmm. That becomes really important because there are some really good hunts that you could draw with very few points, but that's the case because you can't do it without a guide in Wyoming. And the silliest thing is I can go and hike all summer in wilderness area. I can go fly fishing in there. I can go take some photos in a wilderness area, but I can't hunt in there. Yeah. yeah. I beca- it becomes unsafe when it's I have such a, a weird, such a weird rule. I think it's a stupid rule. Such I, a stupid I, rule. I entirely agree. I've been like really blatant about that. I just. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I try to hammer as much as I can. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's terrible. That, yeah, couldn't you know, agree more. But you can't hunt public land with you know within a designated wilderness area, which is a Forest Service designation. I can't hunt that as a non-resident. It's really you know when you put it in the grand scheme of things, like I can go to Alaska. Yeah, I could go to Alaska what four five years ago, and I can hunt moose over the counter. Mm-hmm. I can go out and I can hunt. I can have a grizzly bear encounter where 
a bear literally charges us. You know, we, sh- you know, my buddy shoots it in defense of life. <laughs> yep, that was a wild story. Right? Yeah, yeah. We we shoot that bear in defense of life at like eighteen yards. And on a full charge. On a full charge, yeah, full tilt, and that's okay. But yep. I can't I can't go to Wyoming and hunt as a non-resident and yep. it does it in a wilderness area, which really bugs me. Yeah, that's a personal gripe. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think. So that's why maps, though, are powerful because yeah. if you just looked at one picture and just looked at filtering 2.0, for example, or mm-hmm. draw odds and be like, wow, I can draw this tag right now, and you don't look at where the wilderness is, you might be drawing a tag that's completely wilderness and you're going to now have to hire an outfitter. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why like using both all the tools at once, maps and filtering 2.0 or maps and draw odds. Yep. And he said it's all in one place. You can easily just do all your research right there. Yeah. It, it becomes really important, too, when you're considering um, – you know, the different types of hunts. So, for example, if I'm looking at an antelope hunt, public land is really important. Very important. Super important. I mean, it's it's everything, right? When you're everything. When you're hunting antelope in Wyoming. And, I mean, the draw. Antelope anywhere, really. Antelope anywhere. A proper public to private ratio and, and opportunity of where those animals are going to yeah. use. It's the, it's the only thing that matters. The other thing I use it for all the time is, like, seasonal, season-based. So, mm-hmm. if I'm archery elk hunting... I need to know where the public land, because, you know, there might be a unit. If you look at a unit profile, it might say 35% public land. I might pull up the map and look at where the public land is within that unit, and it might be forest service at upper elevations where I'm typically to find elk during that time of year on an archery hunt. So it becomes really important there because that might be a hunt that I would skip over if I just simply looked at the percentage. The percentage on, might scare you away. Yeah, percentage yep, might absolutely. scare me away. But if I looked at it on a map and I knew where that public land was, at yep. that yeah. point, yeah, maybe I can hunt it. Or... You might go the other side also on a late hunt. You know, mm-hmm. you might have elk that are might. I can give you examples. I mean, you've got 34, you know, 120 right there in Wyoming that's just kind of off the south end of the bighorns. Those are late season hunts primarily. Public land becomes really important because those elk are migrating out of the bighorns down to lower elevations. And they can still be really good hunts, but you absolutely have to know where public land is. Yep. So yep. I, use maps all, I use maps all the time. Shameless plug Actually, maps. Absolutely. Plug. Actually, I, I had a conversation with a, a friend of mine who's also uh, an acquaintance of mine who's also in the in the hunting industry and, and has a thing going on. And he was asking me, him and I were talking about our two businesses, and he's like, oh, so your big big accomplishment this year was, was maps, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, essentially it's maps. But getting back to the other point that you guys are talking about, that it's all now in one place, mm-hmm. him and I were talking, I'm like, you know, yeah, maps was a – it was – a big accomplishment for us to like fully pull it off to the level we pulled it off mm-hmm. to. I said, but really maps is a commodity, right? Maps, you can get maps, paper maps, tech maps, all, all this stuff from a lot of different places. It's maps are a commodity in my opinion, right? You can get it in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. I said, our biggest accomplishment this year was getting it all, the entire product tied together. So like mm-hmm. all the way through from the desktop maps to the insider platform, hunt planner holding all of this together which we can get into more of this hunt planner thing and then obviously carrying all that information there's no wasted effort of of work research information now getting into the field it all transfers into now this the commodity of a map but it is our our maps aren't necessarily a commodity because it it holds the power of the rest of the product throughout the year Mm -hmm. and i think that's what i'm uh, that's what i am very happy with proud of that we were able to pull off this year was getting the entire product as a whole tied together where now there's there's no wasted effort which you know just being honest i'm an honest and transparent person there was before right like you do all this work Mm -hmm. and then it kind of there was this cliff where it fell off and it was just left behind right now it's having it fully put together which is maps was the missing piece that like navigational map aspect Mm -hmm. but we didn't want to lose the work that w- that started now, you know, in September. So that's, I, I think that's the, everything being in one place now for the first time in, in, in this product's history, that's what I feel like is we, we reference it as maps, mm-hmm. right? But I think it's hunt planner is the core to hold insider to this map research and then navigations, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, it was interesting to have that conversation because I put it in perspective for myself too. Cause like, yeah, maps were, it was a big deal for us to pull off. Right. But like, there's so much more on the back end that like, it's mm-hmm. a bigger deal. In my yeah, and like, I, like I said, I didn't realize, I guess I haven't, I hadn't thought about it, but I hadn't realized how much I'm using maps this time of year. Are you starting to even drop any waypoints or banks yeah. of polygons and stuff like that? Like, yeah. I always hit that point too, where I'm like, 
looking at a unit, like you said, looking at the public land, and I'm like, that actually looks pretty good. I want to mark that really quick mm-hmm. because I might be jumping over something else or maybe look at a different unit, but I want to circle that right now so I have that as a future reference. Mm-hmm. But you can keep just dropping different little things and create a little hunt folder and just call it your whatever, Wyoming elk, you know, e-scouting thing mm-hmm. and just start dropping a bunch of content in there. It might not pay off right away, but maybe down the road you look back and like, wow, I circled that for a reason. Look down in your notes of why you made that polygon. Like, oh yeah, that was an area I checked out that mm-hmm. interested me right away. Yeah, it's been interesting for me because, like I said, I, we, we've even had internal meetings. You know, I've had Porter say to me, like, how much are you using maps this time of year? And I'm like, ah, it's kind of a seasonal thing. I'm really only using it from, you know, August to December. Reality, that's not the case. I mean, if I'm really honest on how much I'm looking at it right now within my own application strategy and then also within writing application strategy articles, yep. I'm using maps a lot. And so. I think that's the case for a lot of people. I think a lot of people don't know the power of maps during app season. Mm-hmm. Like it really opens the door to seeing a bigger picture and really getting intimate with that unit that you're going to potentially burn a lot of points on. Yep. What what kind of a, so you're working on Wyoming elk. Yep. What are some of the big things that you have noticed this year that maybe is worth mentioning right now? I don't want to give everything away, but sure. Give me some, give me some little secrets. <laughs> a few. Yeah. So I would say, it's Wyoming, and I would say any state. I mean, we talked about it before on the podcast, but pretty much every state is always evaluating their herds and management, and they're also evaluating social, you know, management. What is what do people want to see in a hunt? How many people are applying and where they're applying? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to adjust their their strategy to uh, you know make the best use of the resource, right? To like give people opportunity to hunt, but then also provide people you know, a hunt that's reflective of the number of years that they've been applying, right? So there's been lots, Wyoming in particular, it seems like there's been lots and lots of talk this year about potential changes coming down the pipeline. And those are could have some big impacts. They could have some big, big impacts, yeah. So Wyoming has this Wyoming task force, which mm-hmm. was put together um, in conjunction with Game and Fish. And essentially, they we're trying to flesh out, look at some ideas to address some of the issues that were, you know, coming down the pipeline, things like point creep. Um, it's interesting too. I, I find that in Idaho also, it does seem to be this underlying current of uh, residents of any given state, um, not necessarily loving the attention that that state is getting from non-residents. Mm-hmm. And you know, we could go way down a rabbit hole and talking about that, whether it's right, wrong, it's indifferent. But yep. it does seem to be that there's this current of residents of any given state that are kind of upset about the number of non-residents. Yeah, in they, the, have in res- they have resident it. pride. Yeah, yeah, right. They live there all year. They pay taxes sure. all year. They yeah, have, they haunt it. They go through all the nasty winters where we just come there for a short period of time. And, and hunt. Yep. yep. So there, there, there were a lot of, initially when this task force was put together and a lot of the proposals that they put out, I felt like were kind of aimed at that underlying current that it does feel like, you know, there's some, a little bit of angst there yeah. among do, residents. Do you recall off the top of your head, um, are those people in the task force elected or are they just... How does that kind of work to get on the task force to recall? I, d- I don't know off the I top know of I looked my head. It up I should, before, I should know this. And they have a yeah. website and you can go to it. And it's kind of interesting. They have monthly meetings. You can go through and look at the notes and the proposals and you can kind of see them developing over time. Um, initially, they had some proposals to like make it uh, similar to New Mexico in um, identifying hunts as quality or high quality, high demand, those types of hunts. They looked at doing some waiting periods on those types of hunts. Um, and I, all that's probably worth talking at a future date, depending on, you know, where things go in the future. I would say probably the most, uh, important ones at this, this time frame are that they are recommending, it looks like for me, not for 2023, but for 2024, uh, going to a regionalized general structure. So they're looking at making 13 regions within the state of Wyoming for general season elk. So they're trying to mimic the, what the deer is right now. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the it, general deer. Yeah. So as it stands right now, if you draw a general season permit or if a resident, uh, you know, buys a general season permit in Wyoming for elk, they can hunt any or all of the general season units in the state of Wyoming, which I think there's 51. Um, that's probably the biggest one. And like I said, for this year, there isn't really um, a whole lot of change on the books. I think it's going to be pretty similar. I mean, we could we could talk about moose, sheep, and goat. And, and they did go to a 90-10 split there mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. residents versus non-resident permits. 
and that is going to do some things this year because it may eliminate the ability for there to be a random permit available for some of those hunts. Um, they also are looking in the future converting uh, the point system for those three those species to a bonus point system versus a preference point system. Because mm. I think what they're seeing is they're seeing that like, hey, if we keep this a preference point system and we also reduce the number of permits available to non-residents. People are bouncing. Non-residents are going to bounce. But if yeah. we yeah. make that a bonus point system and we allocate that randomly, but we give you a weighted you know, yeah. chance in the draw because of bonus points, then maybe potentially people will stay in the system and give you their application. Yep, and then, then those people too who are at the top of the list are also going to be upset about that change. You're never going to solve it for everyone, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, it sucks. There's, there aren't that many people for those, at least for moose and sheep, like at that top echelon, you know, so you're, you're potentially only screwing over a few you know, a few people versus the masses, but that's a big one. And like I said, for 2023, they're really not, you know, you're not going to see many changes. Um, probably the biggest one I would say is, uh, preemptively thinking about your strategy, especially when it comes to the general season elk hunt. So, you know, it may take this year, I looked at it, it may take three and a half to five points in the special draw, probably in the regular draw, it's going to take, you know, four and a half to five plus, to, to draw a mm-hmm. regular general season permit. Um, but with the potential of them breaking that into regions in 2024, what does that mean for you this year? This year, yeah. So what it, mean, what it means for me is I probably want to hunt it this year. If, I, if I've got the points to draw mm-hmm. a general season elk tag and I'm within that range of points, I think this year is probably the year to capitalize, burn those points, and go on a general season elk hunt because – Next year, if they go to that region by region, what's that going to do to people's applications? Mm-hmm. I mean, you definitely have regions of the state that have more public land, more elk. So more people are going to flock to those. So more people are going to apply for those as non-residents because that's the areas that they can hunt, right? Yep. That they're going to want to hunt. So yep. I could potentially see regions of the state of Wyoming increasing point creep. Yes. And, and you may have some regions of the state where it might get easier to draw a general season elk tag because it's limited by private land access and or the number of elk that exist within that unit. So, so you could maybe almost assume then based on this information you're telling us right now and information that might be coming, some of the hunts even this year could become hot, like more point creep because people might be trying to dump their points right now in anticipation for that. Just the gen- just the limited entry hunts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, could, could potentially. I mean, in my opinion, based on the number of proposals I saw come out of that Wyoming task force, I would suggest you burn your points. Go go to Wyoming. That's my dilemma right now, too, because I have enough points to jump in Mm -hmm. for general. Well, you're an elk guy now, too. You are an elk guy. Yeah, I'm an elk guy. (laughs) That's right. I forgot. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I just figured, you know, since you're an elk guy now. All all elk all the time. So, yeah, so that's something I got to weigh in as well, like what am I going to do? Should I do it this year? And On the same not? boat. Exact same boat. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've got enough points between me and my, my oldest boy. He's 17. I've been building him points. This is the last year. That's one thing I will say. I mean, you know, if you've got kids, you should definitely consider Wyoming because they don't, they don't give you a cost break on, you know, the application fee per se, but they do give you a cost break on for the regular draw, at least for mm-hmm. the, the license itself. So this is kind of his last year that I can pay a lesser price. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'll, I'm going to try to cash in, you know, his and my points this year and go on a, a hunt together yep. and, and hunt elk. But, yeah, I would definitely, I mean, look, looking at it, I it, I mean, it is what it is, but I would say if you got the points, I would definitely consider going to Wyoming this year if you got the points. And, again, not, I to, agree. Keep, not to keep, you know, talking about app strategies, but that's why an app strategy like this is valuable because mm-hmm. you're talking about changes that are becoming the future, which then – if you're just looking at filtering 2.0 and draw odds, you're not going to see that bigger picture of what's coming and how that's mm-hmm. going to impact your plan for yeah. the future. That's why you have to read these word yeah. for word. Can't can't say that enough. It's a look into the future. I mean, granted, it's a little bit through a straw, but it's yeah. a look into the future of point creep. Yeah, and again, I mean, this is a proposal at this point. It would have to be you know approved and, and go mm-hmm. into law in the state of Wyoming. So I can't say absolutely guarantee this is going to happen but of all the proposals that they've put forward this is the one that seems to be holding the most weight that's carrying forward you know month Mm -hmm. after month after month and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised at all to see it implemented in 2024 Hmm. yeah so interesting right yeah it is interesting you know another thing i kind of want to touch on a little bit that we've talked about before and you brought it up earlier today is there's a lot of hunts that 
you noticed that the mm. regular draw was better than the special draw. As far as odds go. Odds go. Yeah. Explain how, explain that a little bit just for people to understand. Yeah, it's like, counterintuitive. So to hear it explained would be nice. <laughs> yeah. So in Wyoming, you've got two pools of permits that exist for non-residents that they can apply for essentially in that full price draw. And you've got regular and special and they're the exact same license. Should you draw it? It's the same hunt, right? Mm -hmm. So if you draw a 61 regular season type one tag and I draw it in the special draw, it's the same tag you yep. got. We're, we're hunting the same area. Yep. The difference is in the special to go into the special draw, it's an additive cost. So it's 1,283 bucks versus 707 bucks to go into the regular draw. Big price jump. Yeah, I think it's, I'm not a math guy, but I think it's almost it's 500 bucks. Five, 586, I think yeah. I want to say. <laughs> just kidding. I would just say more. 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 There you go. Yeah. So We're not math guys, Renzo. We've always yeah. definitely, yeah. Not, you definitely not a math guy. Yeah. So essentially. We'll have to call uh, Scott Mason for that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You're working under the premise that there are fewer people that are willing to pay a higher price for the license to go into the special draw. So in lieu of paying a added cost, you're getting better odds because there's fewer people that, yep. are, that are willing to apply. And so as you brought that up, um, I've kind of always noticed that there are like, you know, certain hunts where the odds for the regular and the special draw are very similar, you know, the same number of points to draw. And those are typically for the hunts that are really high demand hunts. They're good hunts, you know, the 56, 59, mm -hmm. you know, those type one, those hunts that are like trophy areas. Right. And, and that makes sense because there are more people that are willing to pay a higher price. Um, so the odds for those are pretty similar, but w when I look down through the odds and I wrote the application strategy, I, I'm actually finding in a lot of cases, in a lot of hunts that are kind of even mid-tier, you know, hunts, those kind of mid-range point levels, the odds are even better in the regular than they are in the special. And I don't know how to predict that. Yeah, because you don't know if it's going to jump back this year because whatever reason it, but it, it's all in how people apply yeah. um i think if anything it it shows that there are more people that are that want to go hunting and they're willing to pay 1283 bucks to go on an elk hunt in wyoming specifically because it's a great elk state right yep. so that's why it's imperative though that uh when you decide to apply whether you're looking at the regular or the special draw and where to spend your money it's really imperative to just to look at the odds between the two different hunts to decide if it actually is a justification to pay the higher price. Mm -hmm. It may not be. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm a guy and I'm sitting on 17 points and I look at the odds for a top tier hunt and they're the same or they're better in a regular draw than they are the special draw, why go into the special draw? Yeah, that's, that's literally all that money you could spend on gas to yeah. get to that state. Yeah. Yeah, you it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to, to evaluate the odds for both the regular and the special. It used to be that you could kind of be like, oh, if I apply in the special, I have better odds overall. That's yeah. not the case. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the case for every hunt. Hmm. So, Which is interesting. It's so counterintuitive to just, you know, if you're not paying attention to that kind of stuff and not having to look into the, into the mm -hmm. data a little bit. Like, it's just weird to think. Another thing I want you to touch on too, we get this question a lot mm -hmm. and people are jumping into filtering tube or draw filtering 2.0 or draw odds. They're like, Hey, I just want an archery hunt and I can't see odds for my archery hunt. Mm -hmm. What's the deal with that in Wyoming? Yeah. So Wyoming, it's had, Wyoming. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> Wyoming. Man, I tell you what, every state is so it's different. So weird. So, so weird. So different. But Wyoming breaks their hunts out in what they call types. So you got a type one, type two. Those are rifle tags. Type twos might vary by the season date or the portion of a unit that you can hunt. A type nine is an archery only permit. Not every unit has an archery only hunt. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at filtering 2.0 and you hit the drop down box for select season and you hit, you know, archery, limited entry or the type nine, you're only going to see those units where the archery only season is available. You know, those units, yep. not every unit has a type nine hunt. Um, if you draw, if you apply and draw a type nine, you can only hunt archery for that season in that unit that mm -hmm. you draw. But then a lot of the hunts type one, type twos, if you draw that permit, you can actually buy over the counter an archery stamp, yep. which for non-residents I think is like 72 bucks. You just buy that. 
And most of those have an archery season, and you can go and you can bow hunt. And if you don't fill your permit, you can return and hunt with a rifle during the season that you drew. Yep. So that's why if you're looking for draw odds on there, you're actually looking for what would be a rifle hunt. Yep. And then you buy the archery stamp. And you buy the archery stamp. Yeah, which honestly is is awesome. It's it is awesome. Very nice. That you know, like it's a it's an awesome opportunity to add on to a drawn tag that you, you got two whacks at it, right? You can go hunt it with a bow, gain all this knowledge, all this stuff, and then return with a rifle mm-hmm. if you're not successful. Just the way that it works is yeah. uh, pretty mind-bottling. And you talked last time about being, um, you know, using multiple weapons, right? Yeah. I mean, I would say in Wyoming, if you've got 10 to 17 points and you're going to burn them on a hunt, make that your hunt for the year and go out and bow hunt it. And if you, you don't fill your permit, go back and rifle hunt it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Make awesome. make the absolute most of that permit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, instead of doing two different hunts in two different states, make that your sole hunt. Yeah, make, yeah. make that your hunt. Yeah, Give it the go, full go. Go hunt the hell archery. out of it. And then if, you, I mean, if you're not successful, then you always got the backup, yep. the backup plan. Yeah, and I would say specifically when in regard to uh, general season, like that general season elk license, mm-hmm. There are far fewer fewer people that are bow hunting it. I mean, it's becoming more popular, certainly, but yeah. there aren't a lot of people, not nearly as many people as there are in you know other states where you've got a designated archery hunt. Yeah. They draw mm-hmm. permit. They're going hunting. If you draw a general season tag in Wyoming, there's a lot of people that are just like, oh, I'm just going to go rifle just hunt. You know, rifle. I'm, I'm a rifle yeah. hunter. Yeah. I'm going to go rifle hunt. There's far mm-hmm. far more rifle hunters than there are bow hunters. So I mean, that's a great opportunity to draw a rifle license, but then show up and hunt it during the archery season and have far fewer people in the field than you will in the rifle hunt. Yeah, I think I mean, call a it a call it a hunt scouting trip. Yeah. Right? yeah, I mean, you got the ability to kill if you have the right opportunity, but at and, the same time, the, you're just gaining tons of knowledge. Man, the dates are awesome. They I mean, are awesome. T- typically you get like the first through the thirtieth of September during the archery hunt. There is some differences in the various units. I mean, you might, but for the most part, you're getting the heart of the rut. Yeah, to, to bow awesome. hunt. Which archery elk hunting is the best? Anyway, yeah. I think people do the same Agreed. thing too with the uh, like those mule deer tags. You know, a lot, not a lot of people go for that archery hunt. Oh, far fewer, <laughs> far fewer, My, than, myself than included. Yeah, yeah, and and it's that way for for deer as well. And I mean, and maybe that's worth getting into. We could talk about the different species and how they're allocated in Wyoming too. But I mean, right now we're mostly talking about elk because that deadline is um, you know January thirty first at midnight for mm-hmm. non residents. Um, you know antelope and deer that application doesn't come up until may so the end of may yep and then so yeah know. if you're looking for the app strategies for those <coughs> species we're going to tailor those more towards that month before that app deadline that way we can get all the best information what the winner did all the mm-hmm. you know everything that you need we, yeah we could release it right now but it's kind of better to wait because you don't need to jump in your app right now and, yeah and yeah for deer and here, here's a weird thing about wyoming in regard to that um right now like wyoming game and fish hasn't released their you know proclamation mm-hmm. yet he, yeah. he, even for elk <laughs> typically they uh they'll release it later in the year even after the deadline i've always wondered how that's even possible yeah like it is how- biz- it's bizarre they have like a little section of their website called hunt planner which you can kind of go through and click on each individual unit and and get some details but for the most part they're not going to approve rules and regs until that april into april commission meeting um you know if you apply in wyoming you do have up until i think may 8th may 7th or 8th uh to modify <laughs> yeah. your application if you want to but yeah i mean that is it's it's difficult. I don't understand how that can be the case, yeah, but it me is. Either. It's never made sense to me. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys apply for other species in Wyoming? Every, oh, yeah. Everything you except do? for oh, yeah. like moose and sheep. Moose and sheep. I, I got out a long time ago. I never started because I looked at my chances. And I, was like, I, I, started, I started before <laughs> I knew, but then once I figured it out, I'm like, yeah, okay. I was too far behind the it's curve. Just dead money. Me yeah, too. There's, yeah. I mean, you you did have to. I mean, previously you had to buy the preference point if you applied, which is 150 bucks. They mm-hmm. eliminated that. You still have to front. This. That's one thing about Wyoming is you do have to front the cost of the licenses. So you're gonna put that on a credit card and sit on it for several months until yeah. they actually do the draw. And then if you're unsuccessful, they refund you. Um, so that's kind of a hurdle for a lot of people. Um, typically, there were like maybe five, four to five units for sheep that they're gonna allocate a random tag. So essentially, you were putting in for one of those in hopes that you might draw yeah. a random tag. If they went to a bonus point system, would that suck you back in? I don't know. Now that I'm so far behind the curve, though, I mean, it would for me. 
It would. You'd yeah, go back it in. would for me. Because now you have immediately, a chance. Yeah, it's like buying a raffle ticket. Exactly. Anyway. And immediately what jumps out <clears> to me is like, there is a chance now. Somebody has is somebody's going to draw mm-hmm. these tags, right? And if you look at Nevada, I mean, my home state, I'm very familiar with the bonus point program in Nevada. If you look at like the majority of the sheep tags here, I mean, there's so many drawn at the four to eight point level. Just that's where the masses are. Yeah. Yep. Right. Of, of point holders. Mm-hmm. Like why, why not me? Right. Mm-hmm. So if there is that chance, I'll, I'll jump back in. And that's why I think they might do it because they're going to get more, yeah. more app money. Yep. It's going to benefit the wildlife a little bit more. So it might. Yeah. I just, I just need to know there is, there's something I'm like, you know, I'm a little tainted and biased because I drew that New Mexico tag. So like <laughs> it is possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, you I had, cannot believe I drew that tag, but, but hey, did. somebody, if you put your name in the hat, like yeah. you have a chance. And if I no. know that, then yes, I'll jump back in. Yeah. For, for mountain goat. Mountain. And Rockies. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, go like ahead. Rockies right now. That's the one you need. Well, it's the one I need <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. It's the one everybody's going to need if they're chasing the, the slam. Um, but like, man, the opportunity for Rockies right now is rough. Yeah. You know, super rough. So if there is just that slight chance, yeah. then I'll jump in. Yeah. I would say, so like for me, I drew a mountain goat tag in Utah and I was kind of considered like, oh, that's going to be my mountain goat hunt, you know, mm-hmm. and and I did the damn thing. It didn't live up to the hype that I'd hoped that it would, you know, I didn't get to hunt that the way I think I wanted to ultimately. The snowstorm, right? Well, yeah, I mean. You're I, waiting for I, the hot, you're waiting for the hair. just a shit year, man. Not, yeah. it was a great year for me personally, as far as hunting goes, but I stacked way too much. Yeah. Like I had an elk tag. It's I, tough. I that went to Alaska and hunted moose. I came back, I jumped off the plane. I went on a mountain goat hunt in the Uinas late, which like end of October. Yeah. And I, I remember ha- you wanted it late though, right? Because I did the, want it late, but I wanted like, hide. yeah, I did. I did want that. You're right. But I, I remember you saying yeah, that. Yeah, I, I like, did, oh, but God. I just, I just wanted like late October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I want elevation. Yeah. 13,000 foot. Yeah. yeah. I wanted like, I guess it's neither here nor there. Like whatever happened, happened, but like ultimately it didn't yield the experience that I was hoping for. Yeah. Like I was, I was hoping to go in and like have 10 solid days to like yeah, bow hunt, sure. you know, see goats day in, day out, put stocks on like that kind of hunt. Right. So, and I killed a good, you know, a great goat and I'm, I'm pumped with the way it went, but he's a rifle guy though. Yeah. Right. I, I, I did. Big <laughs> rifle guy. Big <laughs> yeah. rifle guy. I did. Yeah. I was like, give me that damn rifle. <laughs> um, yeah, first time I saw that goat in a spot where it wasn't going to fall off a thousand foot ledge, I was yeah. like, "Give me that rifle." Smart. But um, Wyoming is a state; it's a random draw, so totally random. No point system associated with mountain goats in Wyoming at all. So for me, that is a state that's mm-hmm. that's definitely on my radar for mountain goats, even though I do have to front the cost of the the license. Yeah. Give it a retry. Give mm-hmm. it a rego. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one of those. It's like you might as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? I mean. That is one of the hunts I have always wanted to do, and I've never hope, done never no, done a goat hunt. And I would hope to do multiple. I would yeah. hope to. I mean, they're pretty pretty unreal animals. Let's go on a goat hunt. I would love to. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna pull it off, but <laughs> they are such to. a cool animal. They're awesome. Yeah, so I would say definitely Wyoming for for. I'll goat. tell you what. What piqued my interest in in mountain goats more than anything is I was in BC a long time ago on a stone sheep hunt. Um, went up there with my dad. It was a long time ago. This is back before stone sheep are like this huge thing mm-hmm. like they are today. Um, and I saw a pack of wolves chase a nanny and kid goat kind of down this like, I don't know, this how you'd explain it, like this knife edge kind of wrapped around this just straight face and then down this massive chute. And I watched that nanny and kid goat go through there. And I'm like, holy shit. That was awesome. Yeah. Like I thought, I, we all thought they were dead to rights. We were sitting there spotting scopes, watching it. It's only a thousand yards off from where we were. We were trying to get on these sheep. You had front row seats. Front row seats. Had it all right in my spotter the whole time. All of us were sitting there saying like, oh man, this, they're dead. Yeah. Like I mean, there's no, no chance. And the way they went off this knife edge and then across this face, I'm like, God damn, that was, yeah. that was awesome. How many wolves were there? Six. Oh my Six gosh. That would have been pack. so cool to see. It was awesome. It was, it was incredible. And like as the, the nanny, I don't know why you might know why they do this, but they'll lay in that dirt and they'll like paw out these yeah, things. Make a bed. Get a, like, but it's steep. Like oh it yeah. Wildly steep where she was doing that. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even like, you know, you see a deer or elk paw when they're standing straight up. She was laying on her side. Pawing. And pawing. It was wild. Yeah. So while she was doing that, these wolves are coming up and over right on top of her. We're like, man, this is, this is done. It's crazy. Right out. See you later. And I'm yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah, Wyoming's got They've some wild country had for my, goats. Always had my attention since I saw that. Yep. Did you ever apply for bison? 
<clears throat> I'm getting totally off topic here, but no. in so Wyoming? I, I used to. The, the cost is very high very at high, this yeah. point. I mean, you're talking five grand yeah. plus. Um, it's a random draw, to- mm-hmm. totally random. Mm-hmm. And every, every year, you know, it's, there's a good opportunity to harvest bison. It does seem like less and less those bison are coming out of, you know, the yeah. park to, to hunt. But I would say for sure if you've got the – you the attribute root, that to wolves in the park? Um, I don't know. It's prob- probably a lot, a lot of it's weather related, you yeah. know, and then I don't know. I don't know exactly Global why. warming? Global warming, yeah. <laughs> yeah. According, but, to but, the quote, after, according to the day after tomorrow, the world actually gets colder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I've thrown out two movie quotes. You guys dude, it's been plenty cold in Cedar, man. It's yeah. been cold. It's been cold down we here, too. We got a lot of snow. We it's got crazy. six inches two nights ago. I do apply for bison there, though. I never have. I was just asking your opinion because I really want to do bison hunt, and that cost is kind of scaring me. It is. It's That's a crazy crazy number it, for it's it. a high cost but if you can float the money it is random mm-hmm, and uh-huh. you, you might as well apply and I, in my opinion it's the american heritage of hunting for sure oh, like that totally is, is that is the animal like that's it yeah you know what i mean i just i just want a bison coat and jacket i want to walk around the street and be like <laughs> look at me i got a fucking bison jacket you It'd got be the, beard, awesome. the beard and the hair for it their hides yeah. are heavier than hell um but i want yeah the skull just the bison symbol mm-hmm. i mean it's that's what for me, like when you go back in the hunting heritage of, of the Americas and all that stuff, Native American, it's mm-hmm. like, that's it. You yep. know what I mean? So I really want to do a true Western bison hunt. Yep. And if there is the opportunity, like I said about, <coughs> about uh, if they went to bonus points with a sheep, like I just need to know there is that one little chance. And, and there I'll is. I mean, it. it's a random exactly. tag. The, the biggest hurdle for bison is the price tag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you you got to put up a, a big chunk it of returns change. it returns but you do sit it, on it it does yeah it's a yeah. it's a big chunk and i have known some friends who've drawn some tags in montana and they didn't come out of the park like mm-hmm. you said like yeah it's tough they really didn't see they that, tried that, to put their time in didn't yeah. have the weather they needed to yep. shoot one that's a tough pill to swallow to know that that is potentially a limiting yeah. factor of your hunt my uh my brother lives in Wyoming. He just barely texted me and he said, "Hey, you probably already know this, but it'd be a good year to put in for Wyoming non-resident uh price increase for 2024 house bill 60. So it's 60. So it's we, we broke some news. Broke some news. I mean, I I kind of knew that was coming, but um yeah, yeah it looks like a price increase uh, as well for, look, non, for non-residents I'm in 2024. Look that up and what the cover an article on that. Yeah. So n- another reason I would say burn your points in wyoming yep gosh these price increases <laughs> hey man Ooh. everything's increasing price but nobody's increasing pay that's a really <laughs> shitty spot right now yeah yeah but i mean wyoming for me it's a must apply state i mean given everything that wyoming offers it personally it's my very favorite state to hunt i love wyoming it's a phenomenal state wyoming's incredible it's an incredible state you got tons of open country. Yep. I mean, you've got more antelope than people, which is, you know, they <laughs> I have. love that stat. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else says guy. that. I love that stat. Yeah. I've killed a lot of antelope out of Wyoming, a lot, and it's so fun. Yeah. By far my favorite state to hunt antelope. I love elk hunting up there. I think, you know, part of that task force, I would, I would tell you as well, is they're looking at uh, they've had a non-resident quota that was set in the 80s. Herds have continued to increase almost every unit area of the state of wyoming is over objective for elk um they've never had a yeah they've never had a healthier elk herd so they are looking at lifting that cap for Mm non-residents which um initial initial the proposals if they break that down into general season regions um i've looked at the tag recommendation allocation um it's pretty conservative so i don't see this like significant increase in non-resident permits available Potentially, if they do lift that cap, I mean, there's a chance that you could see some more permits for non-residents in the future. Hmm. Yeah. It was really interesting. When you looked at uh, the task force justification for going to regions, you know, kind of management, the first two was like herd health and objective um, management, essentially the management, the ability to management on a localized uh, status. And then three was the resident perception of hunting pressure so that's definitely incorporated in there but yeah but it does i mean lifting the cap would be good i think in my opinion at least it does allow the potential for there to be more tags in the future and they are over objective um success story as a whole right there yeah i mean over objective is a great thing yeah one thing we haven't really talked about that i think it's we should is cow calf hunting 
and, mm. and the reduced price hunt yeah. in Wyoming. So I get questions every year, you know, what's this reduced price draw? So you've got the full price draw and the reduced price draw. And the reduced price draw is, it's a different draw. There's completely separate, different draw systems. The reduced price draw is totally random. There's no point system associated with it at all. And it's for those cow-calf hunts, so those type 6, type 7s, those are cow-calf. I think those are way underutilized, in my opinion, for a couple different reasons. One, just the opportunity to get out and go hunting. Mm -hmm. We've talked before about cow-calf hunting. It's fun. It's a blast. There's only one way to get good at killing. Yeah, it's those are a riot. Those are yeah. a ton of fun. And then two, I don't know that a lot of people think about this. You might have points for a full price hunt, a bull hunt, but if you're going to burn 17 years worth of points and you're just going to show up in the unit, you've never been to it before, it could be really damn hard to hunt that and hunt it as well as you know what's justified by the number of points you use to draw the permit, right? Yep. So I would say... And I've seen more people doing this, and all the feedback from everybody I've got that's actually done it has been totally positive. Utilize those cow-calf hunts, those type 6, type 7, reduced price. You know, draw one of those permits in a unit that you're considering hunting for a bull. Go out and hunt it. Absolutely. You, that makes it a scouting trip then from when you draw that bull tag. Yeah. Great I'm intel. A massive believer in a hunting scouting trip. Any way you can pull that off, huge believer. Yeah. Go out, draw the cow tag, hunt it, have a fun hunt, get the lay of the land. You know what it looks like. You know where the roads are. Mm -hmm. You know where the elk are. I mean, go out and, and have a hunt and scout for the future. So that's something I would, that's I would a, throw that's out there. That's a big there. tip right there that people should definitely utilize. I completely agree. Yeah. If you ever have the opportunity to do that, I mean, I'm a huge believer in that. Especially guys, like you said, who have a lot of points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that's a lot of years you're burning on yeah. that one hunt and then you're showing up there blind in a sense. I mean, yeah, you can do a bunch of e-scouting, you can do a bunch of research, but boots on the ground. Yeah. When you see what that herd's doing. Mm -hmm. I, know, I know we're talking about Wyoming, but that's what I've been doing in Arizona, chasing. I've been right on this point creep break for the last three years in this unit I'm chasing for a coos deer in Arizona. So I've hunted it over the counter bow mm -hmm. for the last, I took the last year off. But I've been, I mean, I've been hunting like crazy with a bow just to make sure it's still there and glassing up animals and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm a huge believer in any time you can do something like that, that's what you got to do. Yep. Yep. Last tip I guess I would throw out there and then you got any other questions that you guys got, fire away. But um, Wyoming's an interesting state in that you've got these grandioso mountain ranges. I mean, just the typical... You know, mm -hmm. the epitome of, you know, mountain Just country, happy. right? Yeah. You also have a whole bunch of intermediate terrain, and you've got a bunch of lowland prairie type stuff. And if you look at the map for elk in Wyoming, you'll see that they still allocate pretty good number of permits in a lot of areas that you may not consider elk habitat. Yeah. <laughs> it's because there's elk there. Well, elk are originally a plains game. <laughs> yeah. So. So don't. Don't cross those areas off your no. list just because it doesn't look like elk habitat. Dropping There's, them hot tips, Drew. Yeah. I mean, their they're original biology is plains game animal. Yeah. I mean, yep. they like it. And I'm, I'm not, like not going to give away units or areas, but I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm yeah, don't, gonna, be, don't shy away from lowland stuff. Don't, don't shy away from it and do the research. Like, dive in and look at those units. Look at the harvest statistics. Look at maps, land ownership, yep. access. There's probably some hidden gems in there that you may be able to capitalize on with a few less points. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So think about it. I want to know, how are you starting to utilize our latest tool that we re that we released? We talked about it on the last app season kickoff, Hunt Planner. How are you starting to utilize that tool right now when you're making your Wyoming elk plan? Um. For one, it makes it way easy. So like previously, you just had filtering 2.0, right? And you generate a map based on your filters and you'd have all those units. And it was really hard to like conceptualize and go back and, you know, back and forth between those and kind of put together a hunt plan, you know, per se, or even an application plan. The ability to visit individual units and save those to your hunt planner it eliminates all the confusion and kind of this outlying, like, oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I remember seeing that. Yeah, you look at it one week, you saw this unit, and then mm -hmm. you went back a week later, like, I totally forgot what unit I was looking at, and I'm starting from scratch again. Yeah. 
save a lot more time. Yeah, it, it, it gives me the ability to put those in one spot and I can go back and review that super easy and I can compare statistics that are really pertinent to me making a choice in one spot. Yep. And I mean, if you guys are like me, I've never... <laughs> <laughs> This is sad Montreal. to say, but I've never I've never been more scatterbrained, if you will. Oh, yeah. It's just because there's so much going on. I mean, I've got a phone in my pocket. I can look at social media. I've got kids texting me. I've got, you know, I got to run one kid to a practice, you know. I've got all these things that are hanging out there. I've never it feels like to me at least. I've never been like more, you know, drawn out from just like sitting down and really putting focus time into one thing for a significant amount of time, you know. It just seems like there's just these situations in my day where I'll click on a unit and I'll be like, "Oh, that's interesting," you know. And it, but now I can save that. Yep. Yeah. And so if people don't know what we're really talking about, it's Hunt Planner. So it's a another tool on Insider that yep. we completed and launched for you guys that basically allows you to, like Trail says, save different seasons to a specific hunt. You can create whatever folder you want. We can do one right now for 2023 Wyoming elk. Create that little folder, and while you're running through filtering 2.0, there'll be a little save button to the right of every season. You start tapping those save buttons as you're going through those filters. It's going to add those to that folder. You jump in your hunt planner. Now you can see those seasons. You can rank them, whatever order you want to rank them. Maybe your priority changes over the course of a week. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this unit now looks better. And like we're alluding to, I'm, I'm assuming, you can add notes to all these seasons. So. Mm-hmm. When Terrell thinks of something that he wants to remember about that unit, he can start dropping those little notes down. Hey, yep. I saw this in the unit profile, or this statistic sticks out to me. Drop that little note. Yep. And then just basically create that hunt plan Yep. for the future. This is that core I was speaking to earlier. Like, this is the core of what the entire product now being connected will run off of. Yep. Um, yeah, it was, it's a it's a huge deal for the product as a whole for exactly all of this stuff we're talking about and the no-wasted effort that I was yeah. speaking to. Yeah. And then once you have all those seasons saved, you might have had a bunch of different filter criteria in filtering 2.0. You had public land at this. You had draw odds mm-hmm. at that. You had trophy potential at that. When you save those seasons over there, it's going to be a little hyperlink underneath there. You can tap that hyperlink. It's going to take you right back to, to those same, same settings, exact yeah. settings you had. So no longer have to, what yep. did I have to find those results? It was driving us crazy not not having this. Yeah. Right? I mean, now that now that it's there, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and if um, if you're just listening and it sounds confusing, you may not be aware, but we put all of our podcasts on up on our YouTube channel. So we're gonna drop some uh, video, mm-hmm. some examples of this what we're talking about. Yep. So jump over to YouTube. You know, scroll forward to this point in the podcast, or just watch it on YouTube, and mm-hmm. you, you can kind of see some examples of how this is working. Yeah. We'll have some articles and stuff on it too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're Radio working on an article a release. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got a video I'm working on too. Basically, walk through exactly yeah, how perfect. to use it. I have hypothetical hunts that I'm looking at. They're not exactly hunts. Are they, are they hunts actually I'm yours? The ones that you're actually, or is this going to be just an example? Just an example. So is don't this, be taking this too far. Like, is this a propaganda war where you actually do a real one? So then the rest it, of the public's like, there's no way. No way. There's no way. That's do a real one. Drop a real one in there. Yeah. Drop a real one. And everyone will be like, there's no way. Brady's giving out all this stuff. Be an Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. So you guys listening, it's going to be a real one, but everyone else is going to be a fake one. And, Yep. Uh, Only podcast listeners get that hidden gem. No, it's a, having this all connected now is it's huge, man. It's been driving us crazy for so long. We knew we needed it, obviously, but yeah. other priorities and you got to get through some other shit. So now we're finally there. Yep. So just to wrap up, January 31st for elk, non-residents in Wyoming. Residents yep. can apply all the way through May, end of May. Um, moose, sheep, goat, April 17th yep. and, and bison. And then deer, antelope. You know, forthcoming application strategy article. That deadline's going to be May 31st, end of May. Yep. You guys and know where Josh Allen went to college? Nope. Wyoming. Wyoming. Well, what <laughs> That's how you know it's a great state. There you go. Yeah. And for guys listening to the app strategy that Trill wrote will be live on the website by the time you listen to this. So you just it's going to be listed on the homepage. If not, hover over the little tools on the left, scroll down to strategy articles. It'll be listed right there under application strategies. It'll be 2023 Wyoming Elk dive in utilize that mm-hmm. app strategy for all your app knowledge i'm and i'm going i'm going to wyoming i'm i'm pumped about it i'm pumped i gotta for make you. it i gotta make it fit <laughs> for my schedule oh you can make it fit i can i probably <laughs> will i mean i got a wife who's op- i love that she's into it so yeah. i gotta figure out how i can get both to work but or yeah. or trail you could go to wyoming this year have a great hunt i save my points 
Because I'm a really nice guy. I have a lot of points. <laughs> and you're a huge elk guy. It sounds like I'm a, a loaded. <laughs> <laughs> I might it need something returned. Loaded. But if you want to go back again in 2024, use yep. my points. Brady's a big elk guy. And hunt, hunt deer, you hunt said? Deer. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you got, and I heard you got some points for deer. I do. I got a bunch of points for deer in Wyoming, you know which I hear on the uptick. I've heard, I've heard the same. I've heard and it's on the And I got a pile of the, points for deer there, on too. On the tick. Yep. Well, good deal. Apply in Wyoming. Apply in Wyoming. I appreciate you letting us tap into all your knowledge trail, as always. Yeah. Yep. I can't wait Any, to. Uh, anytime. I have to dive into that app strategy now. I'm going to be up all night. Wyoming's one of those states that you're excited to hunt, though, no matter what. Oh man! A- any any species. Every time Wyoming, uh, I'm excited to go. It's such a go- great place. So- sounds weird, but to draw a general season elk tag in Wyoming, I'm as excited as probably six to eight ten point unit in Colorado. Bro, to, I'm with to, you. To yeah. be, to be absolutely. Honest. That's, that's the truth. No question. Maybe is, even more. Honestly, maybe, maybe even more. more excited. Yeah, it's really good. It's really fun. That is a fun. It's just such a good state. I yeah. love Wyoming. All right, get applied. Dive in, do your research. Promo code podcast if you're not an insider. Get 50 bucks back to the Go Home Gear Shop. Cool. Done. Done. We out. See you guys later.